Good morning. Good to see all of you. I can teasingly say that uh, I'll wait till all of you are seated. And those of you who are out in the foyer in the overflow, I'll ask the ushers if they'll set up some extra chairs for you. Several of you uh, may remember Al Holsinger. Each time Iris and I come to church, we pass the apartment complex where he lived and where we often picked him up and took him home. I often think of my friend Al, always nearby, always encouraging me. He would often call the house, and if one of our children answered the phone, he would talk with them. He was uh, one of my encouragers. All of us need encouragers. I was thinking the other day that cars are not the only things that have fuel tanks. People, we have them too. Everybody has a fuel tank in their inner being, in their spirit. You can sometimes read their gauge by looking in their eyes. Some are alive and their eyes have a sparkle in them. Others seem to be glazed over. Look at their shoulders. Some are walking with shoulders squared and straight. Some are hunched over. Have you ever watched people walking along the sidewalk? Look how they walk. Some walk with energy. They are on their way to a destination. Some are just trudging along, seeming to have no place to go. They walk like their emotional tank is running on empty. It's interesting because all of us have an emotional fuel tank in our lives. There are some people in our lives, they seem to breathe life into us. They fill our tanks. They remind us of how God, good God is. They call us to live up to the best that we can be. It's interesting because when you're watching them, you find that your own anxiety level goes down and your hope and sense of trust and faith goes up. Remember reading about Gregory of Nyssa. Nyssa was one of the early church fathers in the fourth century, and he painted a beautiful picture. Listen, I'm up in the stands. I'm watching my friend run the race. I'm cheering him on. This is your life. This is your life. God is with you. Don't stop. Keep running the race. There are some people that do that for each of us. They are our encouragers and our motivators. When you're with them, they fill your tank. Then there are other kind of people who drain you because they bring you down. These are those who are slow leaks in our lives. We're called to love them, but we've got to guard our hearts. They become our discouragers. It's interesting that the word encouragement is the language of the New Testament. As a matter of fact, the words to encourage are used more than a hundred times in the New Testament. One of the best characters in the Bible, perhaps a patron saint of encouragement, is Barnabas. We find him in the book of Acts. I'm looking this morning, first of all, at Acts chapter 9, verse 26, which reads, And when they had come to Jerusalem, he was trying to associate with the disciples, talking here about a disciple, and they were all afraid of him, um, not believing that he was a disciple. 
That was Saul. People were afraid of him um, because he had been murdering Christ's followers. Then Paul met Barnabas and he becomes a Christ follower. But Paul has a problem. When he came to Jerusalem the first time, he tried to join the disciples, but they were afraid of him. They could not believe that he was really a disciple. He had murdered their friend Stephen. He had threatened and persecuted and imprisoned many family members. How do you know for sure that his conversion that he tells about was real? That he's not faking it just to get inside and cause more damage? The disciples get an idea. So they sent Barnabas to check out Saul or Paul, who became Saul, and the encouragers believed you can change with God's help. Encouragers, they don't let you stay where you were yesterday. They uh, don't limit who you might be today or who you might be become tomorrow. Barnabas was willing to take a risk on Paul. He went to the disciples, Barnabas went to the disciples and he said, look at the change in his life. Look at what happened between him and God. Look at how he devoted his life to the gospel. Take it from me. This man, Paul, can be trusted. Because Barnabas said Saul could be trusted, the disciples embraced Saul. Saul stayed with them and moved about freely in Jerusalem, preaching with boldness. What would have happened to Saul if there had been no Barnabas? And I'm wondering for all of us this morning, where would we be today if we didn't have Barnabases in our life? Paul's, or Saul, I should say, his acceptance into the Christian community is because of one encourager who gave him this wonderful gift. At the end of that story, there's this wonderful little summary. And I quote, when the church throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria enjoyed a time of peace, it was strengthened and encouraged by the Holy Spirit. Then it goes on to say that they grew in numbers. People said, I want to be a part of that kind of a community. After all of this, Barnabas disappears until another critical moment in history of the church. We read that in Acts 11. It says, some from Cyprus and Cyrene went to Antioch and began to speak to the Greeks also, telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus. The Lord's hand was with them, and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. There's great drama at this point. Matter of fact, this is a hinge point in Christian world history. You see, up until this point, the good news about Jesus had spread essentially among Jewish people. But this is where someone says, you know, if it was good for Israel, maybe it would be good for the Gentiles. Maybe it would be good for the whole world. Let's tell the Gentiles. As I have reminded all of us several times before in sermons, 
you and I are those Gentiles over different nationalities. Some of you are Dutch and some are German and some of us are Swedish, but if you're not Jewish, you are a Gentile. They do take the gospel to the Gentiles and the Gentiles responded. It began to enter this new Christian community. The first major city outside of Israel where the Christian movement began to take root is in Antioch. It's just a little north of Israel in Syria. Word soon gets back to Jerusalem in Antioch. This Christian movement is spreading, but it's going to Gentiles. And we're not sure about that. If we let the Gentiles in, this is going to change everything. We, you and I have all learned, of course, is that religious communities are not always great about change. In a sense, everything hinges on who in Jerusalem is going to be sent to check this out. Who do they send? Nonetheless, they send Barnabas. The scripture says that when he arrived and saw evidence of the grace of God, he was glad and encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord and all their hearts. He was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and a great number of people were brought to the Lord. So first of all, we learn that Barnabas was an encourager by showing grace. We just talked about that. Secondly, Barnabas was an encourager by serving. Antioch is where the Bible first says that God opened the door of faith to the Gentiles because he is a God of open doors and spiritual opportunity. It wasn't long before Barnabas realized he was going to need somebody to help him deal with this new opportunity. Somebody who knew the scriptures, who could speak to the Gentiles, and who possessed great courage and energy. God would use Paul to do that, to change the world. But it only happened because of Barnabas. Because encouragers can see things in others that no one else can see. That's the Barnabases in our lives. They see things in us that nobody else can see. They are the people that give us the second and third opportunity to prove who we are. Paul and Barnabas do ministry together, and an interesting thing happens. An interesting thing happens is that in the ancient world, the order of people's names was important because that order tells you who's in charge. We see in Acts what we would expect. It says, for a whole year, Barnabas and Paul taught great numbers. Did you hear that? Barnabas and Paul. Barnabas' name is first, so he's the leader. They sent their gifts to the elders by Barnabas and Paul. Acts 13 says, Set apart for me Barnabas and Paul for the work that I have called. But, you know, something happens in this process. 
Paul's gifts begin to flourish and his maturity begins to blossom. In Acts 14, it says, At Iconium, Paul and Barnabas went to the synagogues. Did you catch what happened here? The names have been switched. Now Paul is the first name. Paul is the one who's leading. Barnabas could have been jealous, but instead he rejoiced. His joy was in recognizing and developing greatness in somebody else. That's a great thing when we can do that. When people become better because of who we are in their lives. Paul's ministry went on to be far more visible than Barnabas's, but nobody rejoiced more than Barnabas did. He is a person who encourages, encourages every people. And he said it was going to be that way. Jesus said that the last really are the first, and people who are servants of all are really the greatest. That's where greatness is, and ultimately that's where joy is, and that's where Barnabas is. First of all, we learned that Barnabas was an encourager by showing grace. Secondly, Barnabas was an encourager by serving. And then third and last, Barnabas was an encourager by helping others. He showed grace, he served, he helped others. In Acts 15, Paul says to Barnabas, let's go on another trip to strengthen the churches. Then notice this. Barnabas wanted to take John, also called Mark, with them, but Paul did not think it was wise because he had deserted them. They had such a sharp disagreement that they parted company. But it's interesting that the Bible doesn't say that that one was wrong and the other one was right. But notice that Paul writes to Timothy in what is perhaps the last letter that Paul writes. And he writes this, quote, Only Luke is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you, for he is helpful in my ministry. Barnabas saw something in Mark that turned out to be the right all along. The life of John Mark is one more tribute to the power of encouragers. Mark was to write one of the Gospels. Most scholars think that the Gospel of Mark was the first one that was written of all four. What if Barnabas had given up on Mark? You and I know that encouragers stand with you when you fall. We need to be encouragers for each other. This idea is all over the New Testament. Hebrews 3.13 says, Encourage each other daily. The Apostle Paul says, Therefore encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. The writer of Hebrews says, Let us not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Do you ever think about people or what people will say at your funeral? Well, I, I haven't thought about that much, but 
I was thinking about Barnabas's funeral. His funeral may have been something like this. Listen to this. All my imagination. A man gets up to speak, and it's the Apostle Paul. Everyone nudges each other because it's Paul. He's famous. And Paul says, I persecuted the church. I put followers of Jesus in prison. Nobody trusted me. No one would touch me. But then Barnabas came along. He put his arm around me, and he said, I'll vouch for him. I stand here today because of Barnabas. Then there was John Mark. He's an old man by now, and people nudge each other, and he wrote the gospel. He's famous. John Mark may have said, I was a quitter, but Barnabas would not give up on me. He saw something in me. I don't know why or what. And he took me under his wings, and he said, I'll vouch for him. You know, I'm here today because of a man named Barnabas. Then a Greek guy from Antioch gets up. He may have said something like this. I was an outsider. I could never be Jewish. I didn't fit. But then Barnabas came along and he said that Jesus came for a guy like me. He put his arm around me and he said, I'll vouch for him. I'm here today because of this man Barnabas. In conclusion, that's the funeral of a man who never tried to be great, but called out greatness in others. The spread of the gospel came from this one little group of Jews. The writing of Paul and Mark make up half of the writings of the New Testament. It all happened because of one man who was an encourager, who said this, Keep going. You can do it. In God's kingdom, that's what greatness looks like. Let's pray. Father, thank you for those in our lives who are the encouragers. Thank you for the Barnabases that you've brought into our lives over the years. Those who encourage us to go on, not to quit, not to give up, but to keep going. So thank you for the testimony of this man. We pray these things in your son Christ's name. Amen.
do you 